Welcome to Global Dispatches, a podcast for the foreign policy and global development communities and anyone who wants a deeper understanding of what is driving events in the world today. I'm your host, Mark Leon Goldberg, editor of UN Dispatch. Enjoy the show. The Halifax International Security Forum is a major annual meeting dedicated to fostering closer ties among the world's democracies. The forum is organized by HFX, an independent public policy organization based in Washington, D.C., dedicated to strengthening strategic cooperation among democratic nations. And on the line today is Peter Van Prague, founding president of Halifax International Security Forum, HFX, to preview this year's forum, which runs from November 19th through 21st in Halifax, Nova Scotia. We kick off discussing the history of the Halifax International Security Forum and why it was created 13 years ago before having a longer discussion about the issues, topics, and provocations expected at this year's meeting. Today's episode is being produced in partnership with HFX, and I will be attending the Halifax International Security Forum and conducting some on-site interviews with some key participants. I'm really looking forward to it and to bringing you great content from this important international forum. And I will post a link to the forum in the show notes where you can follow some of the events live streamed. And here is my conversation with Peter Van Prague, founding president of the Halifax International Security Forum. You know, we are putting on our 13th annual Halifax International Security Forum. Uh, We're an American organization, um, but we do this event in Canada. And uh, back in, I guess it was 2009, I was was working at at a Washington, D.C.-based think tank called the German Marshall Fund that puts on... Uh, an annual event called Brussels Forum. And at that event in 2009, um, the Canadian defense minister at the time, a gentleman named Peter McKay, had just landed from Afghanistan and walked into the plenary hall of the Brussels Forum, wearing jeans and a leather jacket, and nobody knew he was there. And there was a panel going on about Afghanistan, where Canada had, you know, had had troops, significant troops, and had suffered losses. And, um, Somebody in the in the audience asked uh, a panelist, and the panelist, uh, though I'm not supposed to say this, was uh, Swedish Foreign Minister uh, Carl Bildt. And yeah. somebody asked, you know, what's going to happen when when Canada leaves Afghanistan or withdraws its troops from Afghanistan? And Carl Bildt, the Swedish Foreign Minister, said, "Canada is the United States." And um, about five minutes later, I don't even know if it was a full five minutes, the Defense Minister found me. And said, uh, we need to do an event in Canada. What is that supposed to mean? Carl Bildt saying Canada is the United States. I, I, I don't understand. Either either nobody did. I think he was just saying that Canada's role was, you know, inconsequential. And mm. and, uh, and and he, the defense minister at the time actually came up to me. He said, uh, number one, I'd like to do an event in Canada. Number two, I'd like to sit beside Carl Bildt at dinner tonight. Uh, um, and maybe educate uh, the Swedish uh, foreign minister, but nothing against Carl. He's a great guy. Um, then, you know, as it took shape, uh, you know, we, 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 we worked to differentiate ourselves from other security conferences. And so we started early uh, with a mission-driven event 
and a mission-driven organization um, that that followed two years later. We uh, the you know we became an independent organization, and that is uh, essentially to strengthen strategic cooperation among the world's democracies. So while other big conferences or significant events, you know, <clears throat> invite anybody and everybody, we are you know we we, we convene. A very curated group of people who are from the democracies only. Um, we have individuals from non-democratic countries. We've got Russians and Chinese and Iranians um, <clears throat> individuals who are who are Democrats and, and suffer, frankly, in their countries. But uh, there are no government uh, representatives from any non-democracy. And as a result of that, Mark, um, the conversations at Halifax are wholly constructive in nature. The Americans who come don't have to get their back up. They don't have to defend their positions to a hostile uh, in, uh, environment and defend any positions that, you know, against uh, the Russians. Um, but really, it's, it's an opportunity to, to seek cooperation and, and good ideas uh, for tackling uh, some of the world's toughest issues. So, so, <clears throat> so we've created that environment. And and we've we've developed, you know, I don't want to say a cult following, but we've developed a real community of people around the world who really look forward to being in Halifax every November. So, you know, you are an American organization, but your event takes place in Canada. And its origin story, as you tell it, was, you know, derived from the Canadian defense minister. So is there something unique about Canada's role in the world that is sort of manifested in this conference? Well, that's interesting. I, I don't think. Yeah. Well, yes. Uh, first of all, every every country is unique, of course. Um, but Canada is is um, it's, it's a huge, empty country, um, and because it's so big and it's on the Pacific, uh, and on the Atlantic, and in the hemisphere, and uh, you know, in the uh, in the Arctic, um, Canada, unlike uh, many smaller countries. I mean, there's really only a handful of countries that have truly global interests. And so Canada does have global interests. Obviously, it doesn't have the same power uh, or reach that larger countries do. Uh, we're certainly not, you know, can't compare to its neighbor to the south. Um, but with that in mind, Canada and Canadians uh, have, have an interest uh, and a keen understanding of what's going on really in all corners of the world. So um, so it is appropriate that's, that it's in Canada. It's also appropriate that it's in Halifax, which is a, it's a Navy town and, and was the launch off point for, uh, ships and troops going into world war one and, and world war two. Um, and Canada, because, you know, it, it's military is, is, is not terribly big, um, has to use all tools at its disposal and, and defines security broadly. Um, and that's what we do at the forum. So we've been talking about issues related to climate, the environment, trade, uh, human rights um, uh, since the beginning. And, and all of these things have now sort of become a little bit uh, trendy, as is the idea that the democracies have to work more closely together. Well, you know, when we started uh, more than a decade ago, Many people, many observers told us that we were naive. Uh, how can you have a security conference without the Chinese in the room? And, and my response has always been uh, and continues to be, and now we have got more people agreeing with us, well, how can you have a security conference with the Chinese in the room? And so um, we, we like to say that we're a bit of a trendsetter, uh, and we're delighted now that President Biden uh, 
got got the memo and is convening his summit of democracies next month. Mm-hmm. So, what issues will be on the table? Will be discussed? What themes and ideas in this coming forum? We're speaking just a few days before the launch of the forum. Uh, what should we expect? Well, again, I mean, I think it's a little different than other. Um, and I'll just say it. I mean, there are other conferences that, uh, you know, it has been written now that are, are part of the problem. And we, we really try to be part of the solution. You can name names. <clears throat> okay. How about Davos? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, and, and, uh, and this idea that, um, that everybody is equal in the room and everybody, you know, we're not, we're not like that. So, so we, we want to give people a sense of optimism that as bad as any day might seem, and people are writing now, the, the autocracies are winning this, that, and the other. Um, We start the agenda and we, we go through it. I like to say it's a little bit like an LP. Um, It's thematic in nature. We start at the beginning, we move through, we've got a bunch of singles and we get a, we get to the end of, of, of really what's, what's important. And, and um, every year, because we're in November, we, we use the opportunity of being late in the year to look back um, uh, and project, look back at what's happened in the past year and project forward uh, what, what to expect in the coming year. But this year, uh, this year's forum, because um it comes in the 20th anniversary of 9-11, we can really look back or we're going to take the opportunity to look back more than a year and maybe look back 20, 20 full years. So we're starting the, the, the agenda this year with the panel called After the Fall. And of course, we're going to look at Afghanistan uh, <clears throat> and the withdrawal from Afghanistan. But we can, again, go back 20 years and look at decisions that were made in the aftermath of 9-11. We can look at... Uh, decisions that were made in the aftermath of the uh, Great Recession in 2008. We can look at the successful rise of populist politics in a number of our countries, including the United States. And we can look at Afghanistan. And, and I do think that before we move forward as a community, we do have to take time to look look back a little bit and um, and see where what, what we could have done better uh, and learn. It's a very important for us to, to, to learn and to, and to continue to learn. Um, uh, the, the next panel, I'll just, if it's okay, I'll just, I'll just walk you through yeah, it. Yeah. Walk uh, me through some, yeah. Some highlights. Cause I know that this will be available to, to view, or at least most of the sessions will be able to view live yep. stream. Uh, Absolutely. I'll be there in person. I know um, we're looking forward to seeing you maybe tick through some highlights from that LP. What are some of the singles on the LP? So we, we then, you know, we, we do have a panel that's called the next nine 11, uh, from Kabul or from California or from some lab we haven't heard of yet. And that's, that's a look at, uh, you know, the future of, of, of extreme terrorism, foreign terrorism, but also to look at ourselves and, and, and see uh, what, what are the potential threats from homegrown terrorism. Um, California, of course, is, is simply, um, uh, you know, means sort of the United States and it's itself. And, and what, what are the, what are the risks uh, um, from homegrown, uh, homegrown threats? Um, on Saturday morning, we've got a panel called WWJMD. What would John McCain do? <clears throat> Excuse me. John McCain was a great friend of the forums. He, he talked during his presidential run in 2008 about building an alliance for democracies. And, um, 
and he came to the forum every year. And, and this panel is, is really a code for what does good, strong, internationalist American leadership look like? And on that panel, we are you know, planning to have all non-Americans, uh, hmm. non-American leaders who can, who can talk about what their expectations are for um, or what they hope you know, American leadership in the world uh, could look like. Um, and then we do. We are spending a lot of time this year on issues related to China. We have a. Uh, we're trying to set up a, a social media campaign. Hashtag Stand Together on China. So please feel free to tag us. Um, and um, that again, it's non-Americans uh, talking about what it would look like uh, for the democratic community of nations to have some type of coordinated policy approach with regard to. To China, and then immediately following that, the addendum to that is uh, uh, Democratic Senator Chris Coons and Republican Senator Jim Risch talking mm-hmm. about uh, standing together, uh, Americans standing together yeah. um, on China. And these are two top members of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee: Jim Risch being the former chair, uh, but now the ranking member. That's right. That's right. Um, <clears throat> Saturday afternoon, we're talking about the the. Uh, the world after COVID a panel called post pandemic heed expectations, heal globalization um, just to look at inequities in the economic structures of the existing uh, world order, uh, how it works, how it doesn't work. We'll get down into the nitty gritty, including vaccination uh, vaccinations, getting vaccines to poorer countries, um, but also um, trade supply chains, the, uh, energy, th- uh, all of the elements that are, that, that we're that we're coming to realize is a post-pandemic world, um, and then <clears throat> we've been talking about climate for a long time as a security issue, um, and so we have again fires and landslides and droughts. Oh my! And that is, uh, you know, because we're a security conference, we'll be looking at the security threats that uh, that uh, climate change uh, are creating, and so we have the head of the United States Coast Guard and the the chief of defense of the Jamaican mili- uh, military um, and others on that panel to talk about how, how it's affecting their, um, their jobs and their, their uh, nation's security. Um, and then again, on China, <clears throat> um, we're doing a tech panel and, you know, people talk about that China is on the verge of, of uh, tech superiority with regard to the West or with regard to the United States um, so we're talking about that, but also in the context of uh, China's slide backward politically. Uh, Xi Jinping has just uh, maneuvered himself for another five-year term. It looks like he wants to stick around for a long time. And, um, and there's greater repression in China than there has been uh, for a long time. Um, and so what does that mean uh, for China? What does it mean uh, for the West? And then... Um, we're ending on on uh, Sunday morning with an optimistic note. Um, the final panel is simply called "Keep the Faith," uh, and that's a look at, as I said at the top, it's you know we are um, not perfect, uh, but the uh, the political structures, the democratic political structures that we've built, um, are uh, the best that hum- humanity has come up with so far, and together, working together, talking to each other, uh, trusting each other um, is, you know, uh, to me uh, and to a lot of the people in the room is the solution to 
uh, meeting just about any challenge whatsoever that comes our way. So you know, is the purpose of all of these panels, all of these meetings and, and the farm in general, just to sort of bring people together to discuss these issues, or are you looking towards any discrete outcome? There are a lot of outcomes that happen on the margins. Uh, a lot of it is, is, as you said, on the record and available for for uh, your listeners to watch. Um, but a lot of the, a lot of stuff happens in the margins. There's a lot of meetings going on. There's some off the record sessions. Um, but we do. Uh, the other thing that I'll mention, uh, Mark, is that um, we create an atmosphere where. United States senators, uh, United States four-star commanders, uh, defense ministers from around the world are sitting and taking notes uh, and listening to others, civil society leaders, authors, um, uh, and um, and that's really the environment that we're trying to build. At a lot of at a lot of conferences, you know, um, the big personalities come and they speak and they leave, and that's not what we're building. We're building a retreat environment, an environment for learning. And from that environment comes a sense of optimism. Um, and so as people leave on Sunday afternoon, um, essentially there is a spring in their step, they're happy, and they feel that they can take on a, a lot of the challenges that as they were coming in, were feeling sort of the weight of the world, uh, but now working together, building uh, new new friendships, new relationships. I think everybody has a has a, a strong sense of confidence. So, so that leads me to my final question, which is: How would you judge whether or not this conference coming up this year in a few days will be a success? Is a success? Well, that's uh, <laughs> um, well. Uh, I think seeing people leave with a spring in their step—that's number one. Um, uh, the content of the conversations as we go through the weekend. Uh, that's number two. Number three, I should say we are meeting in person. Uh, the pandemic's not over. Uh, so keeping everybody safe, uh, we are a completely fully vaccinated event. Um, so that's three. But essentially, um, you know, we have in the room many, many people whose de- the decisions they make every day affect people's lives, both in their home countries and around the world. And when they come up and they say, I learned a lot, I'm going home with something new, I met so-and-so, it really is, you know, my, my team and I, we, 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 we judge it to be that we've created something, something meaningful. Uh, well, Peter, thanks so much and good luck. I look forward to meeting you in a few days. Me too. And thank you so much for coming. And, and uh, I really enjoyed this. All right. Big thank you to Peter Van Pragenum. Really looking forward to bringing you some great content around the Halifax International Security Forum. See you soon. Bye.